the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Some people talk about lack of audience, how much you're getting paid or traveling. I mean, I don't have much experience with that, really, just because of, you know, what my lifestyle is these last years with my little children. But I do think I have a lot to say in terms of getting paid. I think there is this unfortunate mindset with a lot of artists that if they're not earning 100% of their living with their art, that they're somehow just a hobbyist or their work isn't valid in some way. And I want to suggest to those artists out there, and believe me, I've had to have these conversations with myself, that that's not true, that there is this beauty and purpose to creativity that is worthy of your time and your effort, and that it may end up being something that earns you your whole living, and it may not. And if we can separate those things as being, you know, worthy of your time and attention and effort and love and creativity and not, and we can just create because we love to create, the reason we all got into music in Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. It's Zach here with Wisconsin Music Podcast and ZTF Studio. Hope your holidays are going well. And here is the last podcast of the year. 2020 is almost gone. So let's hope 2021 brings better things for everybody. This week, we have Suzanne Jameson. She is originally from Racine, Wisconsin, and she is a professional singer, songwriter in the children's music genre. So we're going to talk with her today about working with the children's music genre and the pop stars of that genre and kind of get into you know how she balances her personal life with her musical life. COVID and having young children. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thank you. So Suzanne, why don't you kind of give us your music origin story, kind of like how you started in the music and how it led you to where you are today. Sure. I grew up in Racine, Wisconsin, and I went to Jefferson Lighthouse, which had little first Mm -hmm. grade musical kind of things. And so it was sort of a lovely intro to the world of performing and musical theater for me and they cast me as Glinda in uh, (laughs) Wizard of Oz and I think I just got the bug at that point so I kept singing you know basically however and whenever I could throughout school and then I went to Syracuse University for musical theater and so I was acting and singing in New York and in LA. And then when I had kids, I I just didn't want to be driving all over the city auditioning all the time anymore. So I decided to 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 record uh well I had record recorded one album at that point already, which was like old standards and show tunes and things like that. And then uh, once I had my daughter, I decided to record a lullaby album for her. And then I had my son and 
then I recorded this this new album Bounce, which is mm-hmm. um, more like kids pop music for for their current ages. Cool. Something I thought would appeal to them. Do you come from a musical family, or are you like the the first one out of the gate? Um, I'm sort of the first one out of the gate. I mean, my dad definitely has a lot of music appreciation, and you know, was always playing music for us. And actually, my mom started taking piano lessons when I was five or six. And just seeing her do it made me want to do it. And so I started taking lessons about then and never really stopped. I should be much better at piano than I am at this age. But I always had a love love relationship with it, which to me was so important. So Uh, did you take any lessons or anything like that? Or was it all soft self taught? I took weekly lessons my whole life. Um, and then in okay. starting in eighth grade, I started taking uh, voice lessons and, and I never stopped that. <laughs> Who did you take from in Racine? A guy named Heinz Lutz. Um, he has since passed, but he was a lovely, lovely man and um, created such a, a love of music in me. So, yes, I love him. <laughs> While we kind of talk about that first album, I mean, besides your daughter being the inspiration behind it, um, was there any other motivations behind it besides just being able to have an album just for your daughter? What you know, how the whole thing came together? Yeah, well, I was sort of looking for a lullaby, children's lullaby albums, and I was I was not finding a, a lot of them that I really love. To me, they were a lot of them were just really sort of saccharine, <laughs> like just so sweet, and um, or 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 had a very Christian um, lean to them. And so I was just looking for something that you know I felt like was really authentic to me and also there's so many in my musical theater world so many beautiful um lullabies from that world and from like the disney world and also in that album there's some great pop songs and jazz songs that i put in there that can be you know sung as lullabies so and then i also it was my foray into writing music so i wrote one song on that album called I'll Miss You Till the Morning, which was sort of this, it came from me putting her to bed and being so exhausted and then just like looking at pictures of her on my phone, <laughs> so, which I think every parent does. Yeah. And so that's what that song came out of. And then so that made me at least believe that I could write an album, um, which is so this new album is all originals. Let's go back to that first album. Mm-hmm. Let's hear a couple songs off of that album. What would be the first one you'd like the audience to hear? A Distant Melody. That's just like a classic, you know, really well-known lullaby. And, you know, I had a picture of my kids or, well, of my kid at that time on the music stand when I was singing that song. So I really, I, I hope that the listener can hear that I was really trying to sing to my daughter in that song and that's a that's a song from from Peter Pan and I grew up watching the the Mary Martin version of Peter Pan and mm-hmm. and just like just love that that musical so that would be a great one to showcase Recall this song I 
I think um, Moonlight in Vermont is not maybe necessarily one that everyone would think of as uh, a children's song or a lullaby, (laughs) but it's a really incredible jazz song and and actually doesn't rhyme, which you might not even realize until someone points it out to you, but it's it's one of the few songs that just don't rhyme but totally works. So, Oh, cool. Oh. 
don't you kind of give us your method for recording? My method for recording has, it's depended on, you know, what I'm making. So this last album, you know, we did some in New York, we did some here. Um, we're sort of, my collaborators are in New York, so. And who are they? They're called the Pop-Ups. They're a children's band out of Brooklyn. And they're three-time Grammy-nominated, wonderful sort of pop children's indie band. Okay. So I really sought them out to work with them on this album. And What did you do to, to seek them out? What was the <laughs> process for that? Well, so I had written the songs and I had arranged them uh, with a friend here, Johnny Ballone. I had, you know, I had them sort of half written kind of thing in my, in my mind, but I didn't have a demo or anything. Um, I went to a children's music luncheon that happens every year here in L.A. around Grammy time. And uh, they were nominated that year. And I said, I really love your album and I'm writing this album and I, I want you to produce my next album. <laughs> I just said it out <laughs> loud and um, they were so lovely and they were like, you know, great, send us your stuff, um, you know, when you have it. But I didn't have anything to send them yet. And so a, a month or so later, I was at a children's birthday party for my son's preschool friend. And another mom had said to me, you know, my daughter really loves your lullaby album. Are you going to make another one? And I said, you know, actually, I'm already I'm sort of on the tail end of writing another one and I'm looking for producers. And she goes, oh, that's so funny. My best friend from college is in this band called The Pop-Ups. And so um, it was just a wonderful sort of kismet kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, we took a selfie together and sent it to <laughs> Jacob. And uh, um, maybe a month or two later, I was there working with them on this album. Rewrote the music and sort of kicked up the lyrics a bit and came up with it. So you said this was in, in New York or L.A.? That was in New York, yeah. What was the name of the studio that you recorded it at? Uh, it's their their little um, studio in their offices. I think they are calling it um, Pop-Up Headquarters. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's their own little personal recording studio. Exactly. So you went into New York, you went and recorded the album. After it was done recorded, what was the next step after that? Then, um, you know, we worked on on the mix, which which took a while. Um, a wonderful guy named Andy Baldwin did it, did that out here. Uh, he has a studio out in L out in LA. So, um, so we worked on that, and then uh, we made a few music videos uh, with an animator um, who actually is also my drummer. He's just like a multi-talented guy. So we we put those out as singles in May and June, and then released the album in July. Is that of this year? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's the been the response with that album? Oh, I you know it's been great. Uh, we've won uh, an Apple Award, um, ch uh, Creative Child CD of the Year for Social Emotional Learning. A kid's choice, I think. You know, it it it's done well this month. Uh, a song we did with the Alphabet Rockers out of San Francisco was um, played quite a bit. Called it, the song is called Grateful, and so that got a lot of nice kids place live on Sirius XM um, radio time. So that was cool. a wonderful, wonderful blessing. And just personally, anecdotally, I've had. So many friends who who know me well enough to send me videos of their children bopping to the music or requ <laughs> requesting certain songs. And that's, you know, that's really the reason I did it. And that's just so fulfilling and heartwarming. And, you know, plus my kids like it. And that was important to me. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. We were talking about your second album here. Um, what songs on there would you like to showcase on the podcast? Well, I would love it if you um, would showcase Bounce okay. and uh, Grateful. Oh, why don't you tell us the stories behind those two? Absolutely. So the whole idea behind this album, Bounce, is 
sort of teaching my kids skills for happiness, you know, happiness tools, how to thrive, how to sort of live your best life. Aside from all the acting and singing I was doing, I also became a certified yoga therapist. And so I learned a lot about yoga therapy, and that got me sort of interested in positive psychology as they're very linked um, in terms of their philosophies. And so I was reading a lot about, about these ideas, and I thought, how do I teach my kids these things in a fun way? Because kids don't like lectures, and I don't like being a lecturer. So, so the idea was, okay, I'm going to put this in really fun, you know, kid kids pop music. So that's what they my kids were listening to. They were already listening to, you know, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift and, you know, people like that. So I thought, well, maybe if I can kind of get in through the side door and teach them these lessons without them even realizing that they're learning lessons. So bounce is a, is about getting up after you fail. It's about, you know, bouncing back up and getting back on your feet and trying again. So it quotes, you know, Jay-Z and Lady Gaga and all these people who have these, you know, epic failures in their past that reach, you know, enormous, enormous success. Um, so that's sort of the, the idea behind that song. song.
then great, grateful actually came out of just a nightly ritual I have with my kids every night. Since they were tiny, I've said to them, you know, what was the best part of your day and what are you grateful for? And so we, we talk about that every night. And so that song really is just about that, about naming all the things that you're grateful for. And we were so lucky that the Alphabet Rockers, who are great uh, social justice leaders in children's music, were able to contribute, you know, their lyrics, which really take this song to a whole nother level, because I do some, you know, more fun, shallow kind of, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for chocolate chip cookie dough and I'm grateful for that narwhals are a thing you know things like that and then they're saying I'm grateful that you know you support me and even when I don't act you know in the way that you'd want me to and that we forgive each other and that you know there's just sort of like a deep gratitude for the people in your lives question every night before she kisses me and shuts the light and i like it because it makes me glad to think about all that i have what made you grateful in your day what made your worries melt away was there something that put joy in your heart tell me what was the best part i think about it a moment she tucks me in and i reply well i'm grateful for my shoes and for all the fake tattoos i'm grateful Big stuff bear and for the pink that's in my hair. I'm grateful for my mom. And when I hear my favorite song, I'm grateful for my little bro and for chocolate chip cookie dough. I'm grateful for my toys and for making lots of noise. I'm grateful I can sing. I can be grateful for everything. Well, you know I'm grateful. From the bed, gives me a kiss upon the head, and she says that no matter what you do, I'm always grateful for you too. She hits the light, shuts the door. I think about it a little more. I'm such a crazy lucky kid, just realizing that I'm grateful for my shoes, and for all my fake tattoos. I'm grateful for my big stuff bear, and for the pink that's in my hair. I'm grateful for my dad, and that he stops saying rad. I'm grateful for. Yeah, and all those kids not afraid to love hard. We see you. You are appreciated. I'm grateful. But when you ask if I'm okay, and okay if I'm not, it might be that way. Gratified. By the things that you say, telling me I'm perfect, letting me find a way. So please. By the way you accept me, you know I can help, and that really helps me. We can be silly while you seriously let me know about where we come from and where we will go. I like when we play games, love when we dress up. You know when to step back, so 
Before COVID, wow. were you performing these songs out live? Well, since it got released in July, we were deeply into COVID, unfortunately. So it was the plan. I had, um, you know, some some performances booked, and I certainly hoped to tour the album. So instead, we've been trying to create YouTube videos of as many songs as we can to just try to to reach people in that way. And hopefully when this is all over, I'll be able to get back out there. But in the meantime, I've been singing all kinds of stuff. I, I study with a wonderful singer named Gila Plitman. And um, and we've been doing opera and jazz and Baroque and elk and uh, country and all these uh, right. fun styles. So just keeping it interesting. And, and I'm definitely ready to, you know, hop in as soon as I can. So you didn't do any live gigs with the first album? My actual, my, actually my first album, which I think I released in 2009 called A Sun Up Sky. That one I, I performed uh, a little bit live. Um, okay. That was, that feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I understand that too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. I can't believe it's 2020, almost 2021. It's like, where is the time going? The reason I was asking is I was kind of see how you view the local music scene, like the positive and the negatives about the, the local music scene. And you're out in LA right now, correct? I am, yeah. Yeah. So I, do you see? did you see anything positive or negative in the local scene with, when you were out and about? Well, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I was heartbroken that the Hollywood Bowl was not available to me this year. No, I mean, I, I'm so grateful that there is so much live music going on normally in LA. And uh, really for artists, there's so many opportunities, even in, in you know, sort of this internet has created this really lovely kind of thing where, you know, artists can just sign up to do like a living room gig for, you know, people who are interested and, and mm -hmm. those kinds of backyard concerts, things like that. So certainly, you know, work is available, uh, you know, if, if people want it in LA. I, you know, the timing of this was such that I was just sort of ramping up to do more of that. And when, right. when it's, everything sort of shut down, you know, I know that people, it's one of the first things I'm going to do is go see some live music when all this is over. So I'm hoping that, you know, other people will feel the same way and we can all get back on our feet. Yeah, I would think so too. I think with a year of being pretty much stuck at home and not many, you know, live music, you know, experiences going on. I think that's going to be, a, there almost might be a, an overabundance of people trying to get out and see music and it's going to be, there might be a bottleneck happening. Exactly. Which is probably a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Right, right. Did you see any um, struggles in the local mu music scene? Anything that was like suffocating it that you thought could, that needed to be fixed or maybe you know, change to help it not be such a oppression for that local music scene? Because some people talk about like lack of audience or, you know, how much you're getting paid or traveling or anything like that. I mean, I don't have much experience with that really just because of, you know, what my lifestyle is these last 
years with my little children. But I do think I have a lot to say in terms of getting paid. I think there is this unfortunate mindset with a lot of artists that if they're not earning 100% of their living with their art, that they're somehow just a hobbyist or their work isn't valid in some way. And I want to suggest to those artists out there, and believe me, I've had to have these conversations with myself, that that's not true, that there is this beauty and purpose to creativity that is worthy of your time and your effort, and that it may end up being something that earns you your whole living, and it may not. And if we can separate those things as being, you know, worthy of your time and attention and effort and love and creativity and not, and we can just create because we love to create, the reason we all got into music in the first place, you know, I just, I think that there'll be so much more beautiful work in the world and that it'll fall however it falls. But I I just want to encourage people to just do it anyway, you know, and whoever mm-hmm. might be listening who wants to think of themselves as a creator to just do it. Like I wrote this album having never written music before and I just had this idea that I could do it. And so I did it. And then I found people, you know, collaborators and we made it into something I couldn't have made alone. But if I didn't have that idea of like, I'm just going to make the thing and whatever Mm -hmm. happens with it happens, then I wouldn't have this great gift for my kids and hopefully something that's right getting a lot of kids some positivity during a tough year. I guess that's my two cents on <laughs> on, on the, oh, that's great. the money aspect of it. Let's try to look into the future here. Where do you see yourself in the next three to five years with your music? Um, well, I can already feel the wheels turning in terms of making some more children's music. I'm starting to come up with some ideas. And I also think I'm probably just going to keep singing in all kinds of ways. I'm very lucky to be in LA as a singer and that because there's a lot of session type work here. So that's hopefully something I'll be getting more and more into. And I'm in some professional choirs and, you know, I love that as well. So I really, my hope is just to keep going to keep singing and to keep creating and see what happens <laughs> that's <laughs> in that idea of creating for the sense of the for the love of it and for the the joy of it um mm-hmm. and not being so focused on i need this award or i need to make this much money by this point when i'm more focused on the the creativity and the creation itself it's so much more joyful for me so yeah. so i'm going to keep doing what I love to do. That's the plan. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> what have you learned looking back at when you started, you had this idea, you made this album, you contacted these group of people mm-hmm. to help you finish your album. Mm-hmm. What have you learned over the last couple of years in creating an album that you that kind of surprised you? The openness that I needed in terms of collaboration was not my like go-to instinct Uh, at first when they suggested making some changes to some of my songs I was really hesitant to to make those changes and to open it up to going down a completely different path and you know luckily I talked to some some people who encouraged me to just see what it would where it would lead me and I Mm -hmm. did that and I am so grateful that I did because I think that's the beauty of collaboration you know is that you actually you know take those people's ideas and work with them and you combine and you create something that neither of you could have created on your own and so I, I just love this idea of finding people who inspire you and then sort of being open to 
whatever happening with it, you know, happening. And so I would say that that was a unexpected lesson, but one of my my biggest lessons of the last you know year and a half was just to to try to like relinquish a little control and trust in in the process. So you find that as a growth positive? Definitely a positive. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to talk about with your experiences so far in the music um, in the music business? Um, I th- I'm not sure if this applies to all kinds of musicians. Um, definitely applies to acting and singing. And it's something I've been playing with in my own lessons right now. But this idea of vulnerability as you're performing has been really eye-opening to me. Um, and that so much of a musician's work is energetic. It's not just lift your soft palate and drop your larynx and open your mouth more and take a bigger breath. So much of it is the energy behind this, the the notes or the the words that you're singing, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that has to do with releasing tension, both emotionally and physically, to gre- to get a great sound. So I'd imagine that that's true for a lot of instrumentalists yeah. as well. So that's been a really interesting journey for me. And I, I, I can't say I'm necessarily on the other side of it, but I can say that it's been a great exploration. And I feel that what I'm capable of continues to widen as that sort of uh, surrendering to to the vulnerability and the, uh, uh, I guess that's the best word, is just the openness of, of mm-hmm. performing itself is allowed. And really interesting and unexpected uh, discovery of mine in the last couple of years. Wonderful. Do you find yoga helping you in any way with your performance and singing? My teacher and I talk a lot about it. We were just talking about it this week in my lesson is that sometimes as a, a singer goes up in pitch, more and more tension builds. And it's almost like you're in a difficult pose where you want to leave the pose because you're uncomfortable. But the more you sort of release into it, the more freedom you find in it. And it's so similar in that way to singing. So this this sort of like dropping and widening of your energy, I find that to be very uh, similar. Okay. So what kind of advice would you give listeners out there that want to improve on their singing or their musicianship over encompassing what do you top three or four things you think would be great advice to them trying to improve on their art? I would say one, stop listening to yourself so much. Stop being so critical of your own singing as you're singing. That's been a huge lesson for me. Another one, and this is actually something I I witnessed with my daughter, uh, just last week, we were recording for her winter program, which this year is going to be, you know, Zoom basically. But they're having the kids uh, take their videos, record a song, video and audio separately. And then, you know, a, an engineer is going to put them together. You know, as anyone who's ever recorded anything on audio knows, it just takes a lot, a lot, a lot of tries. It's just is. It's just what it is, you know? That's the nature of it. Yeah. Exactly. And But I could see her sort of shutting down as each time we had to start over. And so I did something with her that my voice teacher did with me, especially at the beginning of my lessons. Uh, she doesn't thankfully have to do it as much anymore, but I, she just had me start jumping around and then I'd sing it like an opera singer and then I'd sing it like a jazz singer and then I'd sing it like a little girl and then I'd sing it as myself. 
And so it's this thing of like, stop listening so hard on yourself. Stop taking it all so seriously and just start to have a little bit of fun with it. Lighten that energy. Mm -hmm. It's that same energy work really of instead of trying to hold on to it and get it right. You know, it's it's more of this releasing. It's this releasing of like, just let it be. Just let yourself sing. Just just do it because it's fun, because singing should be fun and playing music should be fun. Right. So I did that. I said, now, okay, now sing it like a bunny rabbit. Now sing it like an elephant. Now sing it like a, you know, I don't remember. I ninja, whatever I said. Right. right. And then she was able to sort of like get out of her own head. And then the next time we tried it, it was perfect. Um, And so that's that's another thing I would probably tell anyone is just, you know, move your body, jump around sing in a bazillion different ridiculous ways. Just get out of your head and get back to the fun part. Any other advice that you'd like to give anybody out there listening? As a professional artist, musician, or even just an amateur one, just to follow the love of what you're doing and and try not to get overly focused on, on anything that isn't about that. Try to remind yourself of the reason that you started loving and playing music, playing mm-hmm. being the key <laughs> word here and just you know know that any any art any music in the world is a gift to the world and there's a lot of meaning and beauty in that and anyone just expressing themselves creatively is a beautiful gift to the world and to try to just you know feel that and go towards that feeling I think that's perfectly said. Thank you so much for saying that. As we're getting close to the end here, I ask a couple more things. And one of them is work-life balance. How great are you at work at balancing between your work life, your professional singing life, and your at-home life? Is that a struggle or have you found a good way to get that well-balanced? Yeah. I mean, I think this idea of anything being 50-50 all the time is ridiculous. I think maybe over, over time, you can get that balance of sometimes you're really in work mode and sometimes you're really in home mode. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, I know it took me years to write this album because I can't write music in 20 minute increments that I have a free and available. I, I needed to like go away for a weekend and lock myself in a hotel room and write, you know, and so it, it took the time it took and it was just perfect um, in that it worked out that way. I'm hoping that, you know, as my kids are older and hopefully again in school someday <laughs> that they'll <laughs> that they'll, uh, you know, I'll have more time um, to, you know, just practice and write and do all those things. But, you know, right now uh, my family's my priority. And so I try to keep that in mind. And, and I've noticed, especially this year when I've felt the worst was when I was going, well, I didn't have, I wasn't able to tour this album and I'm not able to practice and sing as much as I want. And I, 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 and when I'm focused on what can I do today to make this a great day for them? Or, you know, I'm going to squeeze in, you know, 20 minutes of singing while I give them Minecraft and then we're both going to be happy, whatever it is, you know, if I'm, if I'm a little bit less focused on myself, I feel better. Um, so I guess that that's been it for this year. I would say I'm definitely more focused on life than work right now. (laughs) And that's just sort of what it is probably for most folks this year, I would think most artists and definitely looking forward to having it pick up, you know, whenever it does. But I think, you know, especially from, for moms, I, I think it's tough, you know, it's, 
I think there's no those there's no perfect balance, no. and I think you sort of start to feel like you're going a little too far one way and you back off and then you go too far the other way and you back off. And that's what creates the balance, like a sine right. wave or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of my my best answer. That works perfectly. I, there's that, the infamous 20-80 rule or 80-20 rule where, you know, either you're going to do 80% of the stuff you do is not going to be as good as the other 20% of what you really want to do. Right. So sometimes that 80-20 is work and personal and sometimes it's... Reverse. It just depends on the day or the week or the project that you're on. Your playlist. What are you listening to right now? What kind of artists that you feel deserve some recognition that maybe not be getting enough recognition? Yeah, I'm not talking obviously not talking about famous artists, but like local scene kind of artists that maybe are on your playlist that you're listening to. Oh, um, well, I definitely have gotten more into children's music <laughs> as I'm sort of I wonder why. learning about that we're more and more about that world. Um, so yeah. some great uh, kindy artists. Uh, obviously, the pop-ups are, you know, m- my favorite. And uh, actually, uh, Joni Leeds, who graduated Syracuse a year or a year or two ahead of me, um, just got nominated for a Grammy for her album, All the Ladies, which is a completely women-written, engineered, recorded, and all the guest artists are women on it. And it's it's for, you know, girls to just celebrate themselves. And, and there's a great song called RBG. Um, that one definitely I would recommend. There's a wonderful singer called Jazzy Ash um, and... Uh, Okie Dokie Brothers are great uh, children's artists. And then like just personally on my my playlist of, you know, liked songs, I've been really listening to a lot of um, Caroline Polachak. I think she's amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I've been listening to a lot of Robin and, um, you know, I've been running a lot more in COVID. So <laughs> a lot of these like pop anthems I've been enjoying. You know, I haven't, if I'm being completely honest, I haven't really been able to explore like indie bands in LA just because of the, my life, uh, you know, and having yeah. two little kids right. and just, you know, but. Um, you don't want to take your kids to a, a rock concert quite, at yeah. 10 o'clock at night? I'm sure my daughter would be into it, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite yet. All right. Uh, then thank you so much, Suzanne, for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was such a pleasure to meet you and you. hear more about your your musical life. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on here. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. All right. And then um, that's the end of the podcast. So if you can send me the, the files of those songs mm-hmm. and then the file of your vocal recording for the podcast... And um, this goes out in two or three weeks, but I'll send you an email when it go when it's about to go out. Okay, perfect. Okay, it's usually I do a teaser the Friday before, and then it drops um, at five a.m. Central Standard Time on Monday. Great! I can't wait to hear it. And it also gets syndicated on cwhiphop.com radio station, so you'll be on a hip hop radio station. <laughs> Maybe they'll find some kids' music that they'll like. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you get back to your life with your kids and everything else that you need to get done with. Like I said, I really appreciate your time and hopefully we can talk again. That'd be lovely. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye. And that's the last episode for 2020 for Wisconsin Music Podcast. I would definitely like to thank all our guests for being on the show for the last three months and looking forward to what the next 12 months brings the Wisconsin Music Podcast. I would like to thank Nate Wyckoff of Frequency Farm 
recording studio in Wisconsin for creating the music for the podcast and recording the voiceover with Dean Bundy, our excellent intro person, voiceover person. I would like to thank cwhiphop.com for syndicating our podcast every Monday at 4 p.m. If anybody is interested that's a musician, organization, or business, if you're interested in being on the podcast, I have a simple form on the website, which is www.wisconsinmusicpodcast.com. And that's where you can hear the podcast. And there is a form you can fill out. I'll send you an auto reply with the information that I'm looking for, for you to be on the podcast. And we'll get that all squared away so you can be a part of that. Happy New Year, everybody. And here is Suzanne with Lemonade. I'm making cherry pie I'm making smile 